Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yo, people, you're very welcome to pre-match carnage, Brighton versus Liverpool at the Amex this Saturday. We must talk about it. We must talk about Brighton, glorify Brighton, praise Brighton, speak, speak, speak about Brighton. And of course, there's another team involved that is Liverpool. Uh, we'll get into it. And the reasons why I'm like this, I think everybody knows why I'm like this about Liverpool right now. But we still need to speak on it. Kev? I always, I'm the type of guy to go into battle for my friends. So I expect my friends to go into battle with me. So therefore, I have dragged you out to go into battle with me and speak about Liverpool in the middle of the week. I know you love me. <laughs> yeah, cheers for bringing me on a Brighton preview, Grizz. <laughs> like, not that there's any easy games this season, but we're going to play like a really informed top side. And we probably, we'll come on to it, we're probably going to get like cleaned up and you've brought me in. So yeah, thank you for that. But I'm doing all right in general. So I hope everyone's doing well. No problem. Yeah, of course. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure bringing you on. Uh, uh, whether it's positive, negative, it is what it is. Um, I love welcoming Maz. And from a personal point of view, I'm going to welcome Maz. I just Hello. hope, I just hope. Our welcome is as warm as your club's welcome on Saturday. <laughs> How you doing, my man? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Yeah, I mean, we're not exactly the most hostile of atmospheres, so I'm sure we're not going to make it too difficult in that sense. But on the pitch, 
that's a different matter. So no, it should be a good one, man. I'm looking forward to it. Look at the look at the smile on his face and the glint in his eye. This is, you know, I, I've been saying this a lot recently, right? But life's different. <laughs> life life's is changed, so different. Life's changed, life, Chris. Well, it's changed, man. It's mad because um, I remember my last trip to Brighton, which was last season, and it was around March, I believe. And honest to God, it was wonderful. I only spoke to you about it. The atmosphere, the, the surroundings. You, from the station, there's like a nice 10 minute, about 10 minute walk to the stadium. You walk over the bridge and it's beautiful. And the, and, and Maz is right, it's not very intimidating. You know, the, the atmosphere is not hostile or anything. It's a lovely pitch, big pitch as well. Mm. And they let you play. But my God, Cav, they can play as well. And right now, I titled it, uh, I tweeted this morning, Liverpool go and visit the Premier League Brazil. Because right now, I'm telling you, mate, they are the form team. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think Arsenal are obviously top of the league playing some really mm. good football. Man City on occasion have. But I think over the course of this season, Brighton outside of Arsenal have been the team that's really played the best football, to be quite honest. And I think stylistically, everybody, even if you don't support Brighton or your arrival or whatever, just admires it. We just simply admire it, you know, and we, we really love that that football and we love to see that football getting success as well which is what brighton are getting and um, they're getting the results out the back of it and all but um yeah they've got they've got quality players they've got um a bit of depth as well they've got some real sparks in their team you know we'll come on to some of the individuals mm. in a bit but as a, as a club and as a team i just i just admire them i've got to be honest i don't i don't look at them and have any animosity i don't i don't dislike anything about them i just right now as of now we, we may change our mind by by 5 p.m saturday you know if, if, but no, no i'm joking <laughs> but, but even yeah. so even so yeah, yeah. I, I think we'll talk about how the game will go but they will play a style of football that if it beats you you just go okay they were simply better at football do you know what i mean yeah you clap your hands it's true you clap mm -hmm. your hands um Maz, we were just literally, before we came on, we were talking about sort of Felix making his debut for Chelsea. Um, and we were talking about sort of how they've, well, you mentioned how they've ripped the guts out of you guys in terms of backroom staff, players, whatever. Mm. Um, so they took Potter from you. That was the big, big one, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I remember speaking to you at the time and obviously you knew it was a matter of time when, what, you know, he had to, he had to leave. Um how did you feel at the time, and and how did you how do you feel now? Yeah, it was um, at the time. It wasn't a, a fact of our oh, like why is Potter left. It was more the timing of it, and, and timing. I think that that was the dagger in the heart. It wasn't you know you're going to leave for Champions League football, better pay, better squad, you know, uh, better everything really. Um, so I, I don't begrudge him, and I, there's no you know ill feelings towards him for that for leaving. But it was the fact, I think it's the, how they done it. I think it was in a matter of days they got him over there, which there must have been some kind of sort of back, you know, in, in the background, something happening there. Yeah. Um, and also the timing of it. We just beat Leicester 5-2 and we were flying and he's gone and he's left. And we we all believed as fans, there's going to be a project here. Potter's going to lead us to our best ever season, even though he did it the season before. You know, can he improve on ninth and maybe potentially take us to Europe? Because uh, we felt like there was something really special going on. And then Chelsea just swooped in and uh, took him away. So I think it was just the timing of it that, that killed us. And then 
feeling now. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, it is quite nice seeing him doing pretty bad. But I, I'll, I'll be real. I, I still, I still think he will come good. You know, I think Chelsea aren't the Chelsea of old, where Abramovich would have just literally they, he would have sacked him maybe a week ago, two weeks ago. Um, I think Todd Bowley. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think Todd Bowley is a bit more patient, and he will stick with Potter. Uh, but yeah, it is it is nice seeing him suffer. I'm not going to lie, and especially Kukurea <laughs> as well. Uh, obviously, he's not having a great time of it at Chelsea. Um, so yeah, they, they they literally ripped they you know they ripped us apart. They took was it Graham Potter? They took Kukurea. They took um, our chief scout, Win Stanley. They took uh, Dan Ashworth, who's who's really high. I think he's like basically second or third in command. And uh, one more player as well, I'm pretty sure, didn't they? Did they take a player or was it probably backroom staff? Maybe a number of backroom staff. But yeah, they took about four of our backroom staff, including Bruno, who was a club legend as well, which I think a lot of people got hurt hurt by that as well. And then, of course, we got Colwell in return. He's looking a decent player. But yeah, we're going to get into your incomings, but we're just looking at your outgoings, right? Um, Mm. Always a lot of upheaval, isn't it? So you've got like sort of... um, so you got Cucurella was your big boy, wasn't he? That, that yeah. the big money, the big money, Bissouma, yeah, um, uh, Malpai, right? No, you had yeah. now Shane Duffy. You know, I guess he was coming to the end of his career, right? You you didn't yeah, mind that one too much no. with, with you guys. The, the 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 big the big the top three was the ones that like you're pretty much your first teamers, right? Um, there's again, it's one of those ones you're you're getting offered 55 million for Cucurella, right? Or no, sorry, mm. 60. So <laughs> check this out, guys. It says market value 55 million, Chelsea 65 million. It's <laughs> <laughs> it it Chelsea, doesn't it? Well, this is it, isn't it? Maz, you must have been all right. Cucurella's a decent player, he's a good player, right? But you must have been licking your lips when someone comes in and offers 65 million. You oh. cannot say no for that 100%. 100%. And as it stands right now, it's a brilliant piece of business getting 65 million <laughs> for, for someone who's not playing that well. But again, I, I still believe that these players that we've sold, they've all come good. Like even Basuma's struggling at Spurs. Like from what I saw of them at our club, I know they're good players. It's just either, you know, whatever reason, system, teammates, manager, could be a, a multitude of reasons why they're not performing right now. Um, but yeah, but the brilliant thing is, and what I love about Brighton at the, well, this season, last season, and the seasons before, basically under Tony Bloom's tenure, he is able to replace the backroom staff, the players. Like, okay, Kukurea's gone. We brought in Estepinian. Basuma's gone. We brought in Caicedo. Uh, Mopay's gone out. We brought in Ferguson. Like, it's just amazing to see that even though these players are going out and we're losing these big players for us, we've got we've got ready-made replacements to come in. Matoma, look at like he's absolutely flourishing. McAllister. Yeah won a World Cup. Like, it's just incredible to see, even though we're losing these big players, and even if we lose players this window, I fully believe that we will be able to replace them. Um, you know, like some McAllister's, Caicedo's, uh, even if like Shock Matoma left, I still believe we've got such good players coming through and our scouting system is so good that we can replace them. Cav, the way uh, Maz is going on, it's true though, isn't it? This is why there's such a there's such a refined oil team, like in terms of from top to bottom, um, mm. almost sound like us a few seasons ago, dare I say, in terms of mm. everything is just in place in order. Obviously, they're not reached the levels that we reached, but and obviously they haven't got the the, the riches that we've got or the or the or the you know the the history and, and finances obviously to, to take that one step further. But mm. my God, they're a very well run club, aren't they? 
Yeah, and I think, as Maz alluded to, it starts from the top and it filters down. It's Tony Bloom who's chairman there, I believe. Uh, I don't know what his profession is. He's in poker he's a, or something, isn't he? Yeah, he's a poker player, yeah. Yeah, um, but you can just Tell see... me, we, we, we know all about that right now, mate. I'm telling you that now, but that's a different story. <laughs> Go on. But he's clearly, you know, very um, switched on when it comes to football matters and running the club because when Potter was there and, and Brighton were doing well last season... Um, everybody thought it was down to him and we were talking him up about, you know, prior to going to Chelsea, where he might end up, he's got a big move in him. And I think it did brighten a lot of discredit, to be honest, because quite clearly they've they've got infrastructure in place, their recruitment's fantastic and they play a style of football, which, yeah, you maybe could have put down to, to Potter, but there's clearly coaches uh, there that are uh, aiding that as well. And you've seen from Potter leaving and, and, um, and the new man coming in that, that's just continued, you know. We we were sort of looking at Brighton to go, oh, is this all going to change when when Potter goes? And it and it quite yeah. simply didn't. Although, um, the, is, is uh, what's his name? Sorry, Deserby. Deserby. Yeah, Deserby. Yeah. Deserby. Yeah. Although his Premier League record is a bit fifty-fifty. I think he's got four wins, five losses, and, and a draw in there. So the record probably don't tell you how well they've played but the football's still the same you know they're still in every game and the thing with Brighton is they're never beaten even when they're one or two down they've still always got a chance I just think they're a beautifully run club and and from a Liverpool point of view they're one team that I kind of admire at the minute because we're always told that when it comes to recruitment that there's the one player we're after and if and if we don't get him there's there's no we wait for him or there's no plan b or it seems to be no plan b and then I'm like, well, surely there's got to be players out there in Europe, in the world, that you can get for lesser fees if you can't afford your top target and, and develop them and, and they can come and have a positive impact to your club. And then I look at Brian and I look at the signings they make and I'm like, well, they're doing it. Do you know what I mean? They're managing to find these players. They're managing to scout around Europe and bring people in and, and help them, you know, and develop and turn into real good players in this league. So, so why can't we do it? So I do admire them from that point of view. And um, it remains to be seen if they can if they can continue to do it because, as Maz says, a, a lot of their backroom staff have been poached. So hopefully they they can um, continue that. But I think time time will tell. Um, it's a tough league, and, and it can it can very quickly turn on you as we've seen. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get your uh, thoughts and, and and views and tell us more about your manager and what's he's changed stylistically, formation wise. But very quickly, I know you made the. The, the players that you mentioned, Moises Casados, the McAllisters, they were bought the season before, weren't they, Matt? Yeah. So they yeah. have had a season. This time round, you didn't really do that much business. So the one that stands out was obviously is the Estepan, the the, the, the left back from Villarreal, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, Estepan, yeah, yeah. Of course, he played against us in the Champions League final. I want to know about this Ferguson fella, because he's all the rage right now. Everyone is talking about this beast of a... 17, 18 year old or something. So um, yeah, he, he's just on. turned he's just turned nineteen. Uh, he made his professional debut when he's fifteen uh, at Bohemians in Ireland, and he played against Chelsea. Funny enough. Um, so yeah. Oh, he, he, oh he, shit! Watch he, your back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll be up. They'll probably put a thirty million bid in for him. I just mm. didn't know. Um, mm. But yeah, he, he's he's fifteen when he made his professional debut. Like he was balling out like from an early age in Ireland, and obviously we, we yeah. Our scouts went and had a look at him, really liked him, and they brought him over. And he's been in our youth team for the last couple of seasons now, two, three seasons. I think we pretty much signed him, I think, like 16, 17, potentially. So, yeah, two, three years ago now. And, uh, yeah, he just balling out in our in our 
under 21s and doing really, really well. And basically this season, because of our uh, Welbeck getting injured and of course Neil Mope leaving, we, did, we don't have an out and out striker. Um, and so, yeah, he, he got given his chance and he's now scored two goals in two games, uh, which is pretty decent going for a 19 year old, you know, wow. just fr- fresh, fresh to the Premier League. Um, and he just looks great. And like, I don't know if you guys saw the game against Arsenal, he absolutely bodied Saliba, which is meant to be one of the biggest prospects and up and coming sort of centre yeah. halves. Yeah. Uh, absolutely bodied him and it was a great little two touches and, and a great finish. So he just looks, um, for his age, so mature. Even in interviews when he talks, he just seems really level-headed and uh, hard-working. And he just looks like a great, great player, great touch, big man, very different to what we've got. He's not a small, pacey sort of, you know, player. He's a bit more uh, stocky. Yeah, the more, total opposite of Malpai. The total yeah, opposite ex- of Malpai. Ex- ex- exactly, exactly. So he just, he just gives us something different, uh, Evan Ferguson. And uh, yeah, he's just a fantastic player. And I really hope he does carry on. But obviously, uh, Welbeck, I think, is close to full fitness now. So it'll be a toss-up between sort of starting with Welbeck or do you stick with Ferguson, who's... Oh, um, of course, of course, Welbeck's well. back for fitness. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of, course of course he's back. Yeah, lovely. Thanks for that early team news for us. But, um, but um, the other one I wanted to ask you about was Levi Colwell. Colwell, Colwell. Yeah. You know, from Chelsea on loan, that was part of the deal from Cucurella. Yeah. Um, apparently, he's been absolute quality since he's joined you, right? Yeah, really good. He had a bit of a shaky start um, mm. to start with. He, uh, you know, the jury was out, so to speak. Uh, but since Adam Webster got injured, he's had to come in. And mm. he's, yeah, he's looked really comfortable. Left-footed, uh, athletic, uh, cool on the ball. A bit too cool sometimes, I think. Um, but I think that's just his demeanour and, and his style of play. And uh, yeah, I think he's getting better and better every game. I remember I was uh, Arsenal away in the League Cup, and he was fantastic. I know it was a, uh, it wasn't exactly a full strength Arsenal side, but we beat him three one, and um, he was comfortable. He was just cool. Um, he just he reminded me like a of a very classy sort of you know player that's very calm under pressure and doesn't really let the big occasions sort of bother him really. Um, but it's interesting to see what happens with him because obviously, yes, yeah, just alone. And it'll be a shame if we don't sign him permanently because I feel like we sort of built him up and then you let him go, uh, as in go back to yeah. the current club. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to him. But no, I really like him. He's, he's been a great, great uh, addition so far. And as we've seen, when, when a player gets injured, i.e. Webster, he's great, great cover to have and actually start uh, when he needs to. Guys, uh, I know it's a bit of a weird time today, 8pm for us, and so but you're slowly, slowly rolling in. Can I get some likes before we carry on, continue? Let's all smash that like button. Subscribe if you haven't. Make sure you follow uh, the, my guests as well today on their socials. Um, your new coach, he had huge, huge shoes, boots, whatever you want to call them to fill. Graham Potter, obviously we know Graham Potter was a class act done a class job with you guys. But as Campbell's saying, this guy's probably playing even better football. He's actually got you scoring goals now because your biggest mm. gripe was, ah, oh, you play all the football in the world, but you can't finish your dinner. You're all Nunes is at the end of it, right? Yeah. But, but <laughs> what's... Ch- what, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's my club. I'm gonna, they're going to catch strays off me as well. That's how much they piss me <laughs> off, Kath. Um, um What's he done differently, Maz? Talk to us. Tell us a bit, formation-wise, mentally-wise, what's clicked suddenly uh, in terms of... Yeah, it's, it's not so much the system, really, mm. um, uh, or, or the for, or the tactics, formation, etc. Obviously, I, I, I'm, he's made little tinkering you know, changes, 
But mm-hmm. essentially, it's the same system. However, um, I think you you touched on it. It's just we've become so much more clinical. And XG will back us up. We used to be the XG champions. Oh, um, yeah. Because because yeah. we just our expected goals are super high, but we just wouldn't score goals. So I think that, yeah, our, our, our finishing is, is improved massively. Uh, being clinical in front of goal, I think it's been huge. So I don't know exactly what's been attributed to that. Um I think going forward, we look much more dangerous and better. I think he, he attacking, he's he's obviously instilled a certain style that we want to play in a certain uh, system. But defensively, I, I think I feel like we were a little bit less uh, confident in our defending. Um, we're a bit more open to, to conceding now. Because we used to be like basically very solid at the back and not very good going forward. Whereas I feel like things, ties have changed now a little bit. We're very good at going forward and a little bit shaky at the back. We're still not, it's not like we're conceding goals, but we're a bit shakier at the back now. Um, so I think that's just his philosophy. He likes attacking, likes being on the front foot, likes pressing, um, high intensity and just getting the best out of his players. And um, I think we, it's, it's a great thing to see the pivot of um, Caicedo and the double pivot of Caicedo and McAllister. Um, he's, he's in a much deeper role now. And I think Potter, credit to him, he, he's sort of brought him back a bit deeper. Um, and yeah, playing that four to three one essentially uh just mm. works really well for us because yeah you've got Matoma on the wing who's just been a revelation this season uh tearing it up and then either Ferguson or Trossard whoever it might be is is banging in the goal so yeah it, Those three, it, it's, it's been really just Maz has just mentioned probably three outstanding talents of the World Cup right there just shows you we're talking about Brighton and Hove Albion here right no disrespect to Brian and all of him. As knows, I don't. I'm not a disrespectful kind of guy, right? But it's, we're talking about Brian Ove Albion, three major stars of the World Cup, and they all come from Brighton, and they all done very, very well. Mitoma, mm. uh, Sasedo, and obviously the the the, the fella that won the World Cup with Argentina. I mean, it just goes to show you, Kev how many levels they've reached right now. And it shows you the level of scouting. Like, look at those players. I'm pretty certain, apart from the actual nerds of the game, right? Or if it's your job to scout players, right? Nobody would have heard of these players a season and a half, two seasons ago. And now look at them. We're talking about them. Probably, for me, three of the best players in the Premier League right now. McAllister, choice of clubs you can probably get. We know Casado, Chelsea and, and, and Liverpool are ready to break the bank. Well, we're not ready to break the bank. But Chelsea are ready to break the bank for him. And then you've got Mitomo, who, you know, the world enjoyed watching them play as well in the World Cup as well. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, the scout's been incredible. And like Casado, we, we've spoken about, haven't we, Grizz, as a, as a man that we would like to see at Liverpool. And it looks as though, you know, that might be difficult now. But I was asked the question the other day is if you couldn't get Casado, who would you want? And I said, Well, I, I'd, want, I'd want whoever Brighton get to replace Casado. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how they've been, you know. And they do have these stars. But as Mas said uh, a minute ago, they're not, they don't fear losing them because they believe that they are going to get the replacements. And that's a fantastic place to be, you know. They do have stars. McAllister's a great player, you know. Um, Casado is a great player, but they also have players kind of below that level that are so influential to their team as well. Yeah. Like Sol- 
Like, Solly March is a real good player out on that right-hand side. He wouldn't stand out. If you thought about best right midfielders in the Premier League right now, he would not come to your mind. You wouldn't pick him in your top five, but he's really effective for that system. Mm-hmm. You look at uh, Pascal Grove, really underrated as how intelligent he is as a footballer. Again, no one would think of him when we're talking about top players in this league. Veltman's a really good right-back. He rotates with uh, Lamptey, both Right back, good depth there, although Lapti gets doesn't get injuries, but they both have different attributes, so they can pick and choose which one to play for each game. You know, Estepinian who's come in. We've seen both for Brighton and the stint he had in the World Cup. He's a good left back, bags of energy, gets up and down that pitch. Um and Mitoma, the latest one, who's keeping Trossard out of the team. Trossard scored a hat trick at Anfield earlier this season. So you Red. know, there's, there's, there is quality all over the pitch. And, you know, like I say, below the, the standout stars, the World Cup winner and maybe the 60, 65 million pound midfielder, they have some really good players. And I think the nice thing for Brighton is they can always rely on them as well because they're the sort of guys that teams aren't going to come in for. So they can always kind of fall back to them. So if McAllister goes, if Casado goes, they've got guys that can come in and they're not going to like massively fall down the table and end up in a relegation battle because the guys that step in are good enough until they get the next guys in in the next sort of transfers and, and go again, so to speak. So it's you really just got to admire what they're doing. They've got some great players in there. It's, um, yeah, Luke, mate, appreciate the super chat. He says, hello, lads, scared we'll be battered versus Brighton. Yeah, mate, you're not the only one, son. You're not the only one. I actually, I'm going to admit it, I had tickets again this time around and I, I said I can't do it. I'm not. Go- I'm not going. I'm not going. Honestly, it's so bad. People are letting us know that Fulham have just uh, scored against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Don't man. worry about all that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, William. Um, mood wise, Maz, going into this game, confidence wise, it's at your home ground. It's Liverpool. We've got quite a decent record there, actually. Um, mm. And you've got a good record at our ground. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. Um, what's what's the mood like in the camp? Obviously, full of confidence, bubbling. You're, yeah, you know, you, you you know what you need to do. You got confidence in your team. You no, hundred business. Hundred percent. No, no, the confidence is definitely there. Obviously, prior to coming back from the World Cup, we obviously lost to Villa uh, prior to the to the World Cup break, and then we lost to Arsenal. So it's not all been like you know uh, roses and flowers, whatever the, the expression yeah. is, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, our last couple of games we've been absolutely flying, like in terms flying. of goals scored. I think was it five one against Middlesbrough, four one against Everton, um, and then oh yeah, and then obviously yeah, the loss to Arsenal. So yeah, like it's been a decent little return. Um, just again, like as Cav alluded to, not just it might not be like win every game or you know under the Zerbi, but he's got us playing an exciting football and we're all as fans looking forward to going to games so you know you never know on Saturday it's a lovely you know, feeling it's a lovely yeah, feeling yeah yeah exactly yeah and I know you guys are pretty much the opposite at the moment um but no it's nice going into Saturday I think the fans hopefully can bring a bit of noise hopefully um obviously against Arsenal I, I went to that game and I was like so, I was so buzzing before kickoff I was like oh, I can't wait Arsenal at home it's gonna be amazing they literally scored within a minute and the whole stadium just went flat so I think if Liverpool were to silence the crowd, which again, like I'm not saying we're like the most intimidating crowd, but if they're able to score early, I think that would definitely have a massive impact on the game. If Liverpool got an early goal, 
Um, but I know you guys got a pretty bad record of scoring first, right, this season. I think it's the worst in the league, yeah. I think. Just, um, just a bit, Matt. We've just got a bad record, full stop. We don't even need <laughs> yeah. to go into little stats and sections. Just a bad yeah, record. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you can if you can get rid of that little um, omen, yeah. I think, yeah, getting an early goal against us will definitely deflate us, potentially. And that will sort of be set you up, set you guys up for, for a win. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going into this full of confidence. I, I predicted a win on, on our podcast and, and uh, a win again on uh, another Liverpool podcast. So yeah, uh, I, I, am, I am confident going into it. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to cast your memory back a little bit, lads. Maz uh, and, mm. and Badcalf, this was the lineups uh, last season um, mm. for both teams. I think, well, let's, let's, let's start with uh, Brighton first. It's very changed, that. Yeah, I know. I know, absolutely. Mm. Talk to me, Maz. What What do you see staying and what... Okay, so you're saying the shape is pretty much the same? Essentially, yeah. It is pretty much bang on, to be honest. And so are we Are we talking about defensively? All right, so Cucurella's not Yeah, there. so I'll, I'll go through the team, yeah. So uh, Sanchez will stay in goal. Yeah. Uh, it, will, it will either be Lamptey or Veltman at right back. It'll be then, uh, depending on Webster's fitness... It'll be Colwell, Dunk, centre-halves, and then Estepinian, left-back. And then in the two DM or, or centre-midfield positions, it'll be McAllister and Caicedo. Oh, and then it'll be, it'll be Matoma, Gross, March, and either Ferguson or Welbeck up top. What's your shout? What's it, what's it probably like to be? I personally would go for Ferguson just because he's, he's yeah, his form's really good at the moment. Um, but... I think Welbeck is probably his preferred. I'm, I'm assuming just because experience. Seniority. And, yeah, exa- exactly. And uh, maybe he doesn't want to sort of you know go all in on on Ferguson just yet. Maybe just try and embed him slowly. I know he's played him quite a bit uh, so far, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, I, I I personally want Ferguson to start. But I think if Welbeck is fully fit and ready to go, he probably will call upon Welbeck. Listening to that, Maz. That double pivot is just pure, pure beaut, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's, it's like filled. McAllister and Casado. I mean, and then you've got Matomo, and you 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 rightly said Solly March has got a brilliant yeah. delivery. He plays on the yep. he plays on the right, but his left foot he cuts in. Can use his right foot as well, but bit of a sweet yeah. left foot. And 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 and, and, and he's, people give him he's quicker than people give him credit for as well. I've noticed that. Yeah. With Solly March, it's a funny one actually because we, we as fans, the Brighton fans, we got on him a bit because his output was pretty bad to be honest, like, especially in front of goal, he was just awful. But then this last sort of six, well, basically since the World Cup break come back, yeah, I think he's, he's scored two goals, assisted three or something like that. So he's matching his effort and with output as well now. Like he's getting assists and goals, um, which is what we all wanted from him. Like we all knew that he's obviously in the team for a reason because both Potter had deserved both playing week in, week out. So he's obviously very important to the system and to the way we play. But as fans, we were like, well, he's not scoring goals and he's not getting assists. Like, what is he actually doing on the pitch? And he's missing some key chances. So obviously we're, we're you know, we're fickle. <laughs> we only see, you know, through a, a very yep. blind-sided uh, view. But yeah, no, he, he's now adding that, which is great to see. And uh, I'll tell you what, my, my player to watch, my, my danger man is Matoma. I think he's, Oh. Um, he's inc- honestly like even yeah. a players like Caicedo came out in an interview just yesterday or the day before and he said that Matoma is the most dangerous man 
Brighton have. And and for Casado, this man, he's probably talking about off the pitch as well. Then, <laughs> you know, what I mean, martial arts expert or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? That we don't know about. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, he's he's a baller. Uh, honestly, like just the way he's so direct, he can take players on. He's quick. He's intelligent. He's just everything you want in a winger slash forward player. Um, and he's just been again. He's playing uni football three years ago. He's playing university football three yeah. years ago, which is crazy to think. And he's now, you know, uh, yeah, tearing up the Premier League. So, yeah, he's yeah. My, my player to watch from, from Brighton, definitely. I, I, I think you've got a few. I think McAllister and, and Casado run things. They're your organisers, yeah. your engines, your playmakers, call them what you want. Mitomo, oh, I mean, Mitomo up against Trent, and we'll get into the Liverpool side <laughs> of things in a minute. Um but Trossard, how can we not talk about Trossard, Cav? He's been yeah. a thorn in our back, hasn't he? Like, he's like, he's so good. Again, another underrated player. Just, you know, you hear about him, but you don't really pay too much attention to him. But people yeah. have started paying attention and need to pay attention to him. Yeah, he's he's the sort of guy, I think he's 28, 29-ish now. Um, he's the sort of man that has all the ability, but probably just didn't have that breakout season, so to speak, to maybe get him to one of the bigger clubs and then go on from there. Um, but when you watch him play, he has everything. Like, he's such an such a tricky inside forward, you know, winger. You know, we've experienced it firsthand. He seems to turn up playing against Liverpool. But he's just, he's just that mazy guy that you never can quite mark. He's always running off you or around you and linking up with the other players. And he's just so difficult to try and pin down. Um, and obviously got the hat-trick at Anfield earlier this season. The the final goal that he got really annoyed me because he just exploited, he just noticed the space at the back stick was there and he just went into it, you know, and got into that goal-scoring area. He's, um, as I say, he's an intelligent player. As we've seen with, you know, he's, he's Belgian, isn't he? So yeah. we've seen that style of sort of uh, winger inside forward from come out of Belgium. You know, Hazard probably been the biggest one of late. Um, he's he's that kind of player. But as I say, he's never really he's never really had a long enough stint of good form to really make him explode and be spoken about amongst some of the best in the league. But he is a player when you see he's on the team sheet and you're up against him, you're like, oh, I need to watch out for this guy. You can't just leave him alone. You can't ignore him. To be honest. You can't even really bully him out of the game or anything, so to speak, because he will just come and play simple if he has to, just to grow into the game. So he is a really good player. And I don't know whether he'll start because of Matoma's recent um, surgence of good form, which is pretty scary because if you if you do well against one for a good period of the game, they'll just change it and then you've got to deal with the next one. So that's that's not a that's not a nice thing to think about. I know, I know obviously Brighton, you know, so many gems to talk about and a lot of clubs always looking at you. But what is the situation contract wise with uh, Trossard? Isn't he isn't he's he running got, down his contract or uh, he's got six months left. Ah. Uh, but we've got we've got one year uh, trigger extension. So essentially a year and a half. He's got left. Oh, so it's going to be triggered, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll trigger it. Yeah, 100%. Because we'll, we want to get some money out of him. Because otherwise, he'll go on a free at the end of the season, which just won't. That's just not the Brighton way. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get 15, 20 million for him for sure. Oh, yeah. Light work for yeah. you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, looking at our team, um, Cav, where shall we start? So, look, we know Trent will play. We know Matip will play. We know Van Dyke's out. We know Robertson will play. So, Kanate, I'm assuming, is going to come into the thing. Now, Two things, formation, are we going to change formation? 
Because if we play 4-3-3 against these lot, they'll have an absolute fucking field day in midfield. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm already... I'm already... No, I am. I am. <laughs> I, 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 I'm already... I, that's, that's what would happen if I went to the game, so I'm not going to the game. But what do you... Do you suggest anything we do differently, Kev? I, I think um, if it was me, and I don't think Klopp would do this, I'd just I'd move away from the four three three. I think you've just got to get an extra body in midfield. He's never going to go to a five at the back or three at the back, so it's not even worth thinking about that. But he's got to get an extra body in midfield, or maybe go to a diamond, play a bit narrower, or do something in some way to make this team more compact. Because you mentioned it earlier, the Amex is a big pitch. Like and it and when you watch it on screen, I'm not sure if the camera is really high, the TV broadcast and stuff, but you can generally see the space. And I've always looked forward to going to the Amex because we've been the best given space. Do you know what I mean? We've been the guys that can win our battles and then get onto back fours and exploit, you know, that space in and around players. Where last season, tight. last season was a brilliant example. That first goal, Luis Diaz, ball in behind, gets there before the keeper. Boom, could have been a red card, should have been a red card. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and, we, and, we, and, we, and we took control of the game from there. But, you know, we had Fabinho, Henderson, Keita, who were on top of their game, didn't give them a sniff. You know, normally Basuma bullies us. You know, mm. he didn't have that great game last time round. This time, I have no confidence in, in us doing that. And I agree with you. We need to put an extra man in there. But who? I mean, let's say, so Fabinho, you're starting Fabinho, right, Kev? Yeah. Oh, I think. Okay. Okay. I thought yeah. he was thinking. I, I, I gave a thought to uh, Besetic, to be honest. I think. <sighs> I know, I know, Grizz, me and you aren't going to agree on this, but I just think how many games can we keep watching where we do the same thing with the same players and say they're being outrun, they're being out-battled, you know, they're not performing well enough. And then there's a guy there that's, yeah, he's young, but like from the few minutes we've seen, he comes on, gets himself stuck into a challenge. I really like that he moves the ball on as soon as he wins it back. It might be too early, but I think we're not far off a stage of just really going trying it. something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so you're saying you're suggesting a diamond midfield. So, are we talking Fabinho Tiago next to him, or how are you doing it? Yeah, Tiago, um, and probably Tiago, definitely because we know he's our best midfielder. Although, I don't think he's been good of well, he's not been great of late, he's just been good in it. He stood out in what's been a, a pretty failing midfield and team. Um, but I think he could still step up a little bit. So he's got to start. Regardless. If we've got any chance of controlling the ball and, and tempo uh, or having any foothold in the game, we've got to have Thiago in there to do so. And then on the right side, I'm going to be honest, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm probably going to put Cater in. I, I just think, I just think I've, I've probably seen enough of Henderson of late to, to think I could happily change it. And I think Cater, although he's come on as a substitute and coming on as a sub, you know, you can impress because you just got to go out there and try and make things happen. But he is a man that, you know, can be, can sort of drive and carry the ball, you know, looks for a link up in midfield, looks for a one-two. And I just think, I, I think we need a bit of that. I think we need a bit of that. It might not be so efficient. He might not even see out a game. We probably will only see him once again and he gets injured. I don't know. But I just think he's here, he's available, he's fit. I think what he'll try to do is probably worth giving a go, to be honest. So, 
That um, would be the three. Cav, mm. we need a serious talk and think for the rest of the team. Um, honestly, I'm just listening to us and I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know what to do, Cav. So mm. me and you are going to take our time and we're going to mm. really, really get into what we can possibly do because we're going to let Maz go Eight, two, for two reasons, right? We don't want to give him any trade secrets. <laughs> like, Are there any? <laughs> I'm, I'm belling up a Deserby in a bit. Right, you know, Maz could have done this. Could have done this preview about three years ago. We played exactly think, the same. Exactly the same with with slower, older players. Maz, just a very, very quick. More good news for you guys. There's no Nunes. There's no Bobby Firmino. I was Nunes out, hundred percent. Yeah, and Jota and Diaz, you already know, are out. So yeah. you've only got Mohamed Salah to deal with, basically, sir. So anyway. Oh, yeah, go on. I, I, no, I'm really happy to hear about Nunes, to be honest. Because um, generally, I know. I was going to say, before we do let you go, because I know you've got to run, what is your yes, opinion sir. on. I always like to get an outside opinion on one of the guys that, you know, all over media people are chatting yeah. shit about. But what, what's your opinion on him? No, I, I proper like him, man. I know we call him Captain Chaos, but I, like, I, but I think he will come good. Like, and I was saying this earlier, he scored in his first season of Benfica, I believe he scored two goals in like. 20 games, something ridiculous. And then in his second season, I think he scored 20, 20 yeah. plus. Uh, and that's obviously what got you guys to sign him. So I don't know, is it just sort of first season syndrome of him that he doesn't, you know, he needs time to bed in and takes time just to, you know, get his bearings? But I generally think he's a great player. He's quick, he's strong, um, he gets into all the right positions. <laughs> it's just his finishing at the moment is letting him down, uh, as we can all uh, see uh, quite clearly. But no, generally, I think I think he's a great player, and I think he will come good uh, with a bit of time and um, and a bit more embedding. And you know, Klopp can get the best out of him and you know, put his arm around him, which I'm sure he does. Give him a few hugs, a few claps. Um, I'm sure he'll get the best out of that. More, more of the claps around the ears right yeah, now. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But, but <laughs> claps, never, claps, nevertheless. Um, yeah, but look, yeah. people forget. I, I, I agree with you, man. He's been here four months. What, three, four months? He doesn't know the language. He's still a young mm. striker. He's coming into a team that's decimated with injuries. He's not played with the main boys yet. Jota, Diaz, Salah. They're the main boys. He hasn't played with them yet. He hasn't played with a settled midfield. Mm. And yeah, he still scored. I think it's every... He's got a goal and assist every 88 minutes or something like that. It's mad. Yeah. Like... People, you can't... Uh, it is what it is, but very last question before you go. Maz, what's it like being part of Lad Bible? 1892 <laughs> Red TV asks you. Good, good, great question. No, I, I really enjoy it, man. I'm, I'm very blessed. I'm very lucky. I get to do some really cool things. Um, I get to go travel some really amazing places, some amazing events. I got to go out to the World Cup. Um, I got to cover the Euros. I got to do some amazing things uh, through work. And uh, yeah, no, it's a really good company. Like It's very different to what it... First came uh, up as known as or synonym, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it was very sort of like zoo kind of uh, vibes. <laughs> if anyone's yeah. old, old enough to remember that, um, yeah. but yeah, like it, it didn't have a great rep to be honest in the in the early days. But I feel like in the last three or four years, we've really transformed that, and hopefully, Chris can attest that. Obviously, he's been on a few videos, um, <laughs> and yeah, I have made some uh, questionable videos as uh, 1892 has just reminded me of. Okay, um, is there a yeah, story behind this? Yeah, just you know the whole uh, prime pandemic at the moment, which everyone's going yeah. crazy for, for a bottle of prime. I basically hit the streets of London and uh, I asked people, "What? How far would you go for a bottle of prime?" Basically, that was my question. And uh, yeah, man, I got some guy to break up with his girlfriend 
What? Oh wow! Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. I couldn't believe my eyes for a bottle of prime. It was just nuts. Um, but yeah, what I, is I, this, I, I, man? What is this? <laughs> I don't know what's going on, mate. What um, is going on? <laughs> it's a crazy world we live in. It's a cold world we live in. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's yeah, it's a really enjoyable uh, gig. I'm very blessed to do what I do, and uh, no, I really enjoy it. Nah, amazing. And this is why we're privileged and honoured every time that you make time for my channel. Um, so, look, once again, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honour having you. We'll hopefully catch up soon again. Best of luck. I don't think you'll need luck <laughs> this time round. Just take it easy on us. You know, don't gloat okay. too much. But, but Maz, it's been wonderful, no, it's been a, man. We catch up so real much. soon. Look after yourself. Thank you so much. Cheers, Grace. Cheers, Cav. Cheers, Maz. Nice you. one. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye -bye. Yeah, I thought, I thought there's no point because we were, Cav, it's time to kick back and the last part of the show is going to be about us and mm. we were talking off air, so like, um, can we have like one week <laughs> without any bad news, any adversity, yeah. any issues, any problems? Can we, can we have one week? It don't seem like it this season, does it? It just, uh, yeah, we are, as you say, we were speaking offline and we were just saying, when that Nunes news broke earlier, it was so deflating, you know. If it's not a bad performance, it's a bad result, you know. And then if it's like, if you've not got a game in the week, you think, brilliant, a week off, the guys can, you know, if they're tired, they can get fit again. Obviously, tactically, we've been, you know, not been great. You can work on that on the training pitch and you get close to the weekend, such and such is injured. And then you're thinking, not only are they not available, but, how much does that change what they've been working on in, in the week and stuff? And it's all just one thing after another. And he's just sitting here thinking, I just want an ordinary week where everyone stays fit, maybe get one or two players back and we can just properly prepare for a game. It's a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. Should be the most run of the mill thing ever, but it's just life's never simple with Liverpool, is it? And it's not. It feels, feels it's like not, it's man. piling on a bit. Yeah, yeah, it does, man. We're just like today, obviously, um, Nunes has been ruled out pretty much. They're trying to underplay it and saying, oh, we haven't ruled them out yet. But mm. from what I understand, he is out. Uh, <coughs> uh, Bobby Firmino wasn't pictured in training. So yeah. that suggests he's still not fit, even though we were told that it's something minor. Oh, he should be. Do you remember Klopp saying it's yeah. touch and go? He should be fine. But that was like 10 days ago. That I mean, that itself is frustrating, isn't it, Grizz? Being told that he's got a slight knock. And he'll probably miss one game, maybe two, and then three weeks passes and, and they're still not back. I mean, it's it, it, it annoy, you shouldn't be annoyed as a fan because there's nothing you can do about these things. But it does annoy you, doesn't it? It, it does get to you. I mean, when you hear about the Nunes injury, I must admit, you messaged me and I was walking the dog at the time and it come through my headphones and you was like, Nunes out. And I just, I was angry. angry. I, don't know who I'm ang <laughs> I don't know who I'm angry at. Yeah, I'm you don't know who angry. you're angry at. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you just—I mean, you can't, you can't, you feel for the player because he's—he doesn't want to get injured. He's—he's he's, he's screwing himself, and then you think you can't blame the physios and the medical team because he's just picked up an injury, obviously, or it's a strain, or it's got worse, you know. And then you, but then you think to yourself, and then you can't blame for this aspect. You can't blame the recruitment and the thing because we've got five, six attackers. We've just bought in Gakpo's, or we've bought in attackers. They're just all injured. They haven't got a history of being injured. Like Nunes doesn't miss many games. Jota doesn't miss. He didn't really miss many games before he came to us. And Diaz was a definitely didn't miss games. So mm -hmm. you just think to yourself, you're right. Who are we angry? Who should we get angry with? Is it just our luck? Are we cursed? <laughs> 
I think we are, you know. How can we, in one season, not even finish the season yet, lose all our midfielders at one time, they come back, and then we lose almost all our forwards at one time? Like, how? how is that? That is the most bad luck ever, right? Because when you mention the names, Diaz, Jota, Firmino, Nunes... I mean, Jesus, come on. Take out take out those four. Take out the top four strikers of any squad in world football. Take out where you look. How are you supposed to cope? Mm. Imagine no Benzema, no Vinicius, no Rodrigo. I don't even know who they've got a fourth striker. Imagine that, Real Madrid. I'm talking about Real Madrid. Imagine no Lewandowski, no Rafinha, no Dembele for Barcelona. What are they left with? You've just taken out four strikers of any club. Haaland, Alvarez, um, I don't know, Mares. That's just mm. three. Imagine taking out four. Mm. We just mentioned four of our prime, prime attackers. Yeah. Do Arsenal. Do Arsenal. Take out <laughs> Jesus, who's, who is out, Martinelli, Saka, and... What's left? Um, and and Ketia. Take all of them out. What's They're left? sitting where we are right now. That 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 much is true. I mean, obviously, we're here for, for different reasons, but like, well, other reasons as well. But yeah, it's it's it, it's it's frustrating because you know what? As well, we'll, we'll get into this situation whereby there's already an excuse for every game week. There's already an excuse yeah. for Klopp, and yeah. we mentioned this before. Like, it's bad luck, and recruitment's not been good. But also, we need to do better tactically. And I feel like now we're, we're looking at Brighton and we're going. We'd, we we wouldn't have expected to win because we're not playing well, and we've seen this team this season and style, you know, stylistic. No, but if you've got, no, but if you've, no, but if you've got that quartet of talent, strikers, attackers, potency, I'm not, I'm not negative about that. I'm thinking, mm. no, we can cause them damage because they're bright at the end of the day. It's a way we've got a good record there. It's not intimidating. It's, we're not getting Man United away. Do you know what I mean? This is Brian away. If I had that quartet of strikers, like. I disagree, bro. He says, even if they were fit, we are crap. No, if them four are available, I'm 100% confident we can do something there. Mm. Like, but we but we just mentioned four, four, four players that are just, you know, out of it. Kingsley Twan says, my brother Grizz Chelsea are done out here. Listen, we've got enough on our own plate, bruv, to be worrying about Chelsea. And look, we can laugh. Like, I wanted to laugh at Man City yesterday. I wanted to laugh at Man City the other day against Everton. I wanted to laugh at... Who else was it? I can't remember. Chelsea again, I think. Mm. I can't laugh at anyone else at the moment, Cap. Mm. Glass houses and all of that, eh? Yeah, we can't. And do you know what, as well? Just the added thing about it. When Liverpool don't do well, I'm not sure about you, Grizz. You're probably a better man than me in this respect. But I can't watch other football. Do you know what I mean? Like, I watch other, te- I watch other teams and it hurts me that we're not in the fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If around. we've lost, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we've lost, uh, for example, let's just say we've we've dropped points to a game in the thing. And then even if there's a mad game like Man City versus Chelsea in the mm. afternoon, I'm, I can't give a shit. Yeah. But when you're like in the title race and you're with, or just even winning your own games, you watch all the other games because you're like, we've done our business or I'm confident we're going to win. And you just enjoy the other games for what they are. But you can't help but sit there and think and compare to your own team. And it just, yeah, it just affects the all of football, not just watching Liverpool. So yeah. we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna try to pick a team, man. Like after saying all that, um, I've got it up here, haven't I? You've got it as well. We're gonna try to pick a team, and we're gonna try to pick a formation. Um, so you've got like a Cav. I know you didn't mean to do this. Well, I don't know if mm. you did. This is the formation I'd play, Cav. 
You're going to laugh and you're going to say, really? Yeah, I, I, I was contemplating 5-3-2, but I think you're right. I don't think we're going to play that. So there's no mm. point even thinking about it. Mm. But I don't know. I I would play 5-3-2. And I think it picks itself if I'd done that. But I don't know what you want to do. Like, shall we be realistic? Is there any chance of him changing formation to a 5 He's got no history should, of it. Should, should we do it, Grizz? Should we do it? Look, this is what we would do, yeah? And then we can we can swap out one player and think... Go on. And move it about, all right? Yeah, okay, I, so I'm, I'm going five at the back with these lot and playing okay. Robertson and Trent, obviously, as wing-backs. And then the only three centre-backs that we've got. Right. Right, so we've got... Yeah, I'd even play so, those two. You know, playing nine and ten, I'd play them really narrow. Like not as wide wingers, I'd play. I'd I'd play like a like a five four one almost. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Even that's too yeah, it's too expansive. I, I, I'm telling you, I'd flood the <laughs> midfield. Wait until you hear my four in midfield. You're gonna say whoa, because my wing, my width is purely coming from Robertson and Trent. So Kanate is a guarantee, yeah. Matic's a guarantee. Yeah, it might even suit him playing in a fucking like a sweeper type role type thing. Do you know what I mean? Like. I know he hasn't played it for ages, whatever. Yeah. And then and then Gomez with Trent on the right-hand side. No argument for Nat Phillips? <laughs> yeah, there is an argument. But I think I think Brighton are way too mobile for him, Cav. Yeah, I just think they're too... Yeah, they're too mobile for him, Cav. Mitomo, this new guy, or if it's Welbeck, there's, there's, and then, 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 and then uh, Trossard from midfield. It's all about third-man runs. How many times have we been done? With third man runs, with Brighton. True. Right. I missed. I've left one out here. So you're going to pick the remaining player, assuming you're starting Salah and Gappo, right? Well, I've changed formation, Cav. I'm playing Salah through the middle. I know okay. we discussed it on the last Red Fellas, and we were we were contemplating what we would do. Right now, this is where I'm open to discussion and what you want, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do. Um, Fabinho and Thiago, you've put there, right? Mm -hmm. And and I'm okay with that, even though either one of them, both of them are stinking out the gaff. I'm not going to lie to you, all right? They are stinking out the gaff. Now I don't know what you want to do. Do you do you want to Gakpo and Ox, Gakpo and Cavalio? What's your options? Gakpo and Keita? Yeah, do you know what? This is the thing, right? Ox has played there of late, and he's not done, he's not done too bad. But he, I think at this stage, you're not really expecting him to get goals and assists, even though he did score last time out. Um, and he kind of knows he knows he's been there the longest, and he knows the players, and and he should link up better with the guys around him for that. Um, Kater is probably a player that probably should play in more, a more advanced midfield position, probably isn't more of a 10, just with what his attributes are. You know, take that defensive responsibility away from him. Take that running effort away from him. Don't make him cover so many yards. And try and get the most out of his dribbling ability. He's driving to the box. He's, he's looking, you know, looking for the one-two and sliding people in. Try and get into the box, you know, when it's coming from wide and stuff. To be honest, go back to Naby of, you know, prior to coming to Liverpool. Try to get that yeah. and be back. Um, or you put Carvalho in there, who ob quite obviously is experienced in being a 10 and making a run beyond the forwards. Um, but he's not been featuring at all of late, has he? No, Which is, no. 
it's really odd because I know we've been chasing games, so that's fine. But at the start of the season, when he was a sub, even when we were chasing games, he was being thrown on to try and don't worry about, you know, defending and, and tracking back in this and that. Just just get in and around the box. We need an extra body near the box, near the 18-yard box. Just, just if it falls two yards, just do something, make something happen. And we've seemed to have gone away from trying to use him as a, as a sort of super sub, if you like. Um, and he's clearly not starting games. So I don't know whether to read into that as to whether this guy's, you know, just really underperforming in training or there's been a bit of a fallout or something. But it seems strange that he's not seen any minutes in the past few games. Um, so I'd be really surprised to see him start this game, to be honest. The the other the other talking well, there's a few talking points, but one of the talking points in terms of formation would be and and, and I've just started thinking about it because you mentioned Cavalio, and we've also discussed how Cavalio plays really well off a big man. Mm. Gakpo six foot four. Mm. Are you? Are you? How would you be? Would we? Is this a game to test Gakpo through the middle? Because we've discussed Gakpo. Where's he going to play? How does he play? Yeah, we haven't got any evidence or proof of him playing through the middle. But maybe Gakpo through the middle, and then Salah and Ox, more experienced players playing off him. That could give you a different dimension. I mean, I know Cavalio comes into the equation then as well. Because I know you said Ox played... I know you said Ox played uh, left of the three. I'm not really playing them wide in this formation. As I said, mm. I'm playing Ox and, and, and Salah really more, more central. Um, yeah. and, then, and then using Trent and Robertson as, as non-stop wingers. That's what I'm thinking. But, but Gakpo's got no... We don't know. Can he yeah. And I'd, I'm not sure if Gakpo, I think he's been on record previously to say that he's, he doesn't particularly like playing through the middle. Um, mm. And obviously when he played with Neverdance, he played with the two up top. But I think what you would try and do here, if, if he went with this, which I'm not sure he will, but um, you would just give, you although you'd put Salah and Gakpo up top, you'd just give them a licence to roam. Because yeah. if, you, if you're accepting that the opposition is going to have the ball and, and be on the front foot and you're going to play this more pragmatic football, so to speak, as soon as that ball does go up top to the forwards, you just let them drift into areas wherever they want to, so to speak. So if Gakpo ends up drifting out to the left or drifting out to the right, Salah does the opposite. And really, the focus is that they try and find space. And then once they're in that space, they they try and link up with each other. So I don't think it would be rigid as in one, you know, always offers for the ball and the other ones are running off him. It should be quite fluid. We've seen it against teams against us, you know, where you know a team sits back and they just leave one man up top or maybe even yeah. two at times. And and there's no particular style other than just get it to them because the opposition's committed players forward. There will be space there, maybe in the channels or directly in behind. Just make sure you're trying to get into that space. So I'm not sure if it would be quite so rigid, but I think I think Gakpo and Salah up top is probably. Well, it's all we've really got at the minute. It's got, it's got, be, it's got. But the only reason I'm favouring towards Ox is because of his dynamism and his ability to shoot. Because we mm. do, if, we, if we've got any hope of winning a game, we do need to score a goal. Mm. Like <laughs> there has to be a goal scored from us if we've got any chance of winning a game. And Ox, despite what we can say about him, and you know, we know Ox has the ability to score a goal. So. You know, you try to put in as many goal scorers as possible there. I think Cav's gone or have I gone, people? Let me know in the chat. I hope I haven't gone. All right, it's Cav. Is it me or Cav? 
but you're back now anyway. I think I'm back. So, I'm back. So, yeah. so, so it's, it's, that's why I'm going towards Ox as opposed to an Elliot or a Keita. Because they're the other options, right? Now, I do want to play Keita. I just, I don't know who to drop and how to do it then, unless we don't play five at the back, which we're pr pretty much likely not to do. Mm. So should we do a realistic team? <laughs> let, this is, Take it Chris, away. Let, let me show you what you're going to see, right? Oh, God. This, this, oh, this God. is what... Are you ready? That is quite obvious, yeah? And we would be surprised if we're not seeing 4-3-3. Three, three. We you can't, see Nabi. Gav. We can't, Gav. Are we really going to do this again? I think you're going to see... And you're not going to like this name, but this is just what I think. Elliot. I think you're going to see that. Wow. Because who do you play up top if it's not Salah? That, that's, that's what I'm saying. You could put Gakpo up there, but I just don't think, I just don't think it One works. of the youngsters who we got, we got... Um... Bobby Clark, he didn't, he didn't, he doesn't play up front through the middle. We haven't even got a youngster coming through that can play up front. I, I do think, but this is where I'm pretty sure we're gonna not gonna. I'm pretty sure we're not gonna play four three three. You know, a lot of calls for Doak. What do you think about that one? Not through the middle, but mm. Doak for Elliot. Do you know what I would? Yeah, I'm, I'm at a stage. I'm at a stage this season. I'm at a stage whereby I'm going into this game thinking we're probably not going to get a win. And we're going to, if we continue to do the same things, we're going to continue to get the same results. And so I'm almost ready to play that wild card. And if it is Doak, so be it. You know, I was even contemplating Bissetic. But I think Doak, what he gives you is like that enthusiasm, that directness to run, you know, and that Peace. might just... Yeah, pace. It might just bring a bit of energy to the side. You know, you see that with youngsters. We've seen it in the past where they step into a team and they almost, for such a young player, they kind of carry their team with their youthful exuberance and like their mm. energy and, and his willingness to run. And that kind of feeds through <coughs> to the rest of the team. I quite often, we've seen games this season where we've had the ball and we just, it looks like we don't know what to do with it. We look a bit stale, you know, and a bit rigid. And you almost cry out for somebody just to just to go at someone, just to just to drive at somebody, just make something happen. Even if you trip over your own feet or you run out of pitch or something, just do something. And I think Doak is the sort of guy that you'd get that energy from. So I know he's young. I know he's only played literally a few minutes at the end of a few games. But why not? Why not? We've just lost Nunes. We need somebody that's going to create a little bit of chaos. So why not just chuck him in there and see how it goes? He's a young man. It's not going to break him losing to Brighton away, is it? You know, it's not going to ruin his career. Yeah. I, I, wow. Are we really? Are we really picking an, a seventeen-year-old away to Brighton? Are we really that depleted now? I mean, that's not disrespect to Dope because he's a wonderful talent, and I've been singing his praises as you know before most people, um, mm. and he's shown brilliant things so far. I, I don't want to see Elliot starting again. Is this? Is this? I'll ask you, uh, Grizz. Go on. Is is this a game 
where if Liverpool get on the ball and Thiago and Fabinho keep the ball well, you know, win 50-50s, and then you have Elliot in there that's press resistant and doesn't do anything particularly fancy up top, but is neat and tidy in his passing and stuff, that you could you could control this game with that. We tried it when we played Carvalho and Elliot in um, the Everton game. Remember, we didn't go for pace and power, went for technical ability. Is this maybe something we could try in this game, or do you just think that gets simply outran? I'm thinking if we're going to play anything close to the ability and talent that we have, then those three in midfield should be able to fucking control a game of football without need of Elliot in there. Because Keita, Thiago and Fabinho is without doubt the most technically gifted three that we've got, right? Mm -hmm. Henderson has been horrendous. And with runners off the ball, I'm happy with him not playing with this in this game. I'm thinking... I'd I'd go double pivot with Thiago and Fabinho and then Keita just a little bit ahead of them, right? And then this is where I don't know what to do. I want to play I want to play a uh, that I want to play that yeah, narrow Elliot and Gakpo. Mm -hmm. Gakpo's definitely playing off Salah. Like Gakpo's going to be getting the ball on the edge of the box. And I'm sorry if it takes one if it's like one of those games where he picks up the ball and puts in the top corner then so be it. I don't want to slice through to... This is not going to be a game we're slicing through Brighton with pace and power because we haven't got the players. It's going to be one of those pick an opportunity, whether it's a set piece, whether it's a shot, whether it's a strike. And so for that reason, I'm, I'd go for Gakpo and Ox behind Salah. I honestly would. Honestly, that's, the, that, that's all I can see at the moment. I'd go Ox and, and, and Naby just to maybe find Salah I mean, yeah. in that in that in that advanced role, and Gakpo and Ox because of their shooting ability. Now it's the most simplistic way of formulating a team, but I genuinely think that we need shooters. Because if you take out Gakpo and Ox, and then you want to add Doak, let's say, and Elliot, we've got no shooters, you know. Like mm. Thiago, Fabinho, and Keita don't score goals. They just literally don't. Thiago might score the odd stunner here and there. But we have got no goal scorer in that team. At least Gakpo and Ox have got history of goals. I don't know. I don't know if I've won you over or you want to have the final say. I must admit, Grizz, like I put Elliot in there because I think I thought that's what Klopp might do. But I mean, I'm not particularly strong on anyone starting at the minute, to be totally mm. honest with you. So if you want to put Ox in there, I'm totally fine with that. I mean, you know, it's not as if you take in you know, Salah out for anybody wild. It's literally Elliot and Ox. It's not, it's not the hardest decision in the world. Ox was the only one actually against Brentford that raised his levels for about 15, 20 minutes after half time before he ran out of breath. That's like fair. He did actually, you know, he did actually raise it for about 15, 20 minutes. Obviously got the goal. Mm. I mean, that's all and we can think of, man. I don't know what else to... <laughs> Imagine you can club at Pep Linders. And, and do you know what Ox has shown in sort of flashes, that, that ability? You remember the outside of the foot through ball to Nunes, you know, and then the run across the box to get the flick on for the headed goal. So he's shown in moments, you know, remember the um, drive through midfield where it sort of bobbled around, but he did take three, four players out of the game. You know, he can't sustain it over 90 minutes, but there's been glimmers there. And if we're accepting that this is going to be a tough game for Liverpool, that they're not going to dominate, they're not going to have loads of chances. And you are relying on flashes of brilliance and so, you know, things like that, then here's a guy that's kind of proved he can have one or two moments in a game 
that just creates something or you know contributes towards getting a goal so yeah for that reason I would because I've Elliot's had his moments but I don't think he's effective enough at the top end of the pitch I've got to be honest I really like him for his press resistance he's he's neat he's tidy he links up well but in terms of getting goals and in terms of getting assists he just he just doesn't have it yet and I've got to be honest at times when we're the midfield looks all out of sorts it's quite often because Elliot's kind of drifting around the pitch and not really that defensively disciplined yet um I know the same could be said for the others, but I do see him in games kind of when he started out on the right and you just see him out on the left and you're like, oh, what the hell are you doing over there? You know, just leave it to the other guys. So um, he's a good player. I'm sure he'll come good. But for this game, with the with the resources we've got, probably is justified putting Ox in ahead of him, to be fair. Guys, ladies, gentlemen, this is what we've managed to to to, to drum up for you guys. Leave your teams in the comments um, under the video. Let us know how you'd set up formation and team-wise. We racked our brains and that's the best we could come out with. Just shows you why we're sitting on YouTube. Um, but yeah, look, people are asking what's happened with um, with Darwin Nunes. We, the, obviously, the injury hasn't been specified yet, but it's apparently not serious. And well, we know that could, that could be anything. Could um, it be an illness, Grizz? Yeah, very, yeah. very true. Very, so very is there true. any chance? Because but if it's Brighton, what will they travel down tomorrow? Do you think mm-hmm. they'll travel tomorrow? Yeah. So yep. if it's an illness and it's just a twenty-four hour thing, he might make the coach. I don't. Maybe. I don't think it's an illness, though. Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's an illness, but I don't want to speculate too much. I don't think it's an illness. Um, but let's see how it goes, man. You know the way we the way to look at it with Liverpool is just. Expect the worst so you don't really mm. feel fall down even more. The fall doesn't hurt even more. Well, okay, let's let's try to be a little bit positive with this. Go the on. last time, the last two times I thought Liverpool, and I said this quietly, I didn't do it on stream, I thought Liverpool would lose. It was against Man City. Spurs. Right, and Spurs. And two games we actually turned up with. So, you know, it's not beyond us to to, to just turn up. Because let's face it, right? We've just spoke about the forward options and the injuries and stuff. We still have Trent. We still have Robbo. still have Canate, Matic, you know, Thiago. Great there players in their own there. right. There is the exactly. great players in their own right. We need them on song. We need them to be at their hungry best and mm-hmm. make sure we don't lose in challenges, in battles, one-on-one duels, all of that kind of business. But... Look, we're going to wrap it up today. Guys, if you haven't liked the stream, make sure you like it. Please subscribe if you haven't. Um, we've tried to we've tried to create a team that we think might put up a battle, but only time will tell. This has been pre-match carnage. Um, Brighton, Liverpool, giving you a couple of days to, to mull over the formation. Um, let us know in the comments. Leave your comments. Uh, like if you haven't, all that business. Take care. We're done. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.